Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to Gary Morgan's Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcasting Network. I am coming off an excellent week of being a Pirates fan and, and somebody covering the Pirates. I mean, how often can, can I get to say in my two or three years of writing about the Pirates that most of the fan base was pretty positive? I, I mean, it, it's, it's an Easter egg. It really is. So, um, we had a great time talking pirates last week, just building up into the draft. And now we're going to talk a little bit more about the draft and maybe not so much worry about whether guys are going to sign or not. I, I think for the most part, teams do their homework. They're going to sign these players for the most part and they'll swing and miss on a couple, just like every team does. But for the most part, they'll be planned on. You know, these things, these, these things are smarter than you think they, they've done their homework for going on a year and a half on some of these players now. So I don't think people should be shocked that, that they did this. They, they, they had a good plan going in, in place and, and I'm pretty happy with what they pulled off, even though they're not all signed, even though there's no guarantee that they're going to lead to a world series, even though they didn't pick Jack lighter. <laughs> so I brought a couple of people that I really, really love to talk to, especially about prospects in. And one of them is our good friend, Graves. She's back with us. Say hello. Graves. Hello, everybody. It's great to be back. And uh, let's go Bucks. Let's have a fun time talking baseball. And then my other best friend, I would say, Craig Toth, um, co-editor over at Inside the Bucks Basement. And he's my draft guru. I had to have him on the show. The guy's going to go nuts today because, you know, um, I think in, in the back of his head, at least, he kind of agreed with some of the naysayers a little bit. So, Craig, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, and it's uh, great to be back on with, uh, with you and Graves and uh, talking some prospects, talking some draft. Definitely going to be a fun time. Yeah, so, I mean, let's dig right in, right? The draft was was, I think – by all accounts, and Jim Callis certainly raved about it, it was a, a roaring success. Now, I think that you're allowed to say that without acknowledging that the sky could also fall, right? So, Craig, I'm going to start with you. Your first inclination was, hey, I understand what they did here, but calm down, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, that was like one of my big things here is that um... – I'm a big thing proponent of until they sign, you never know what's going to happen because the draft, I think that a lot of times now you're, you're grading when I see these grades and, and how well the draft was, I almost give it a, a grade in the back of my mind as to how well the pirates executed the plan that they wanted to, you know, that they went into the draft with. So okay. for me, it, it's almost like, okay, th- their goal it seemed to be almost from the beginning that they were going to try to sign somebody at the number one pick under slot, uh, no matter who it would be. And, you know, just from all of the, the draft experts that I talked to, all the stuff that I read, there wasn't much of a difference between one to sometimes even eight as far as, you know, who, who people thought was the best player. Of course, you know, Marcelo uh, Meyer comes in towards the end and he's, he's that person who comes in at number one, but also you have to remember that a lot of times 
the people that are doing those uh, mocks and doing those lists uh, for about the last month before the draft, it's a mix of where they, where they think people are going to go and also where the person actually slots in. Now there were some people that are saying that Marcelo, you know, Meyer was the best person in the draft and the best player. But for me, I mean, it was razor thin and, I, I like what they did. You know, me and you got into it a little bit, Gary, on, on Twitter. We had a little bit of a back and forth no, uh, not about us. some of the players. Uh, but um, as far as it went, he went very, uh, quote unquote, safe with the first pick and then took a bunch of high school guys, then went a bunch of four-year seniors and juniors who – really don't have many options other than, you know, taking the money well, and whatever, a, whatever they're offered. You made a really good point though, earlier when you were talking about those prospect lists and, and Graves, I'll go to you on this one because people put a lot of faith in those, like they're written in red, you know, um, they, they're not gospel for one thing. They, they are a mixture of uh, some of them are exactly what they should be. They're lists of prospects in the order that you believe they are ranked. But a lot of them are prediction pieces where they're predicting who's going to get picked where. And that's confusing for a lot of people. And, you know, you've seen a lot of those lists too. And how do you differentiate? Because they don't make that very clear in some of those, right? No, very true. But but looking down across the list, you know, the, the first you know, six or seven that we drafted to me. And, and it kind of speaks to something that pirates are, are, we're looking to add. They want a team of athletes and, and somebody might say, well, of course they're athletes, you know, they play sports, but what I'm talking about is, is um, being able to play multiple positions, you know, um, a couple of these guys played, play a couple of different sports. So, I mean, they're very talented and, yeah. And to just, yeah, you know, if you, if you've got a list of players and, 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 you know, this is who we want and down and down and down the line, it, it's not always that, that simple to, to go that route. I mean, uh, it's a common uh, theme, got other even teams like Canaan uh, Smith and Jigba, right. That's a, that's a two sport right. athlete. Right. I mean, and exactly. Not, not to exactly. give people nightmares, but Anthony Alford. So I mean, like, there's a lot of players. There you like go. That. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think I think the Pirates did really well. They went in with a purpose, and 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 Craig touched on it too. You know, the, the first five, it was kind of a coin flip. You know, who you know who was gonna who should have been taken number one, and and the one thing that stands out to me about Henry Davis, I, I think he's a fighter. He wants he wants to win. He he has an intensity, and I think he's going to be able to bring that to to the team and he's gonna be he has some leadership qualities that i really like you know just you know just from things that i've that i've read uh, articles that i've read things that i've heard i just i like the makeup and the pirates i think have known him for like three years so they know what they're getting and and with the first pick being such a coin toss i think they went a little bit with familiarity you know they they really like this kid and and that's who they ended up going with and yeah, I mean, that they'll you know hope should, we'll be able to sign them all in all i i think that they they had a plan and i think they surgically yeah. executed it now yeah. whether it works or not that's a whole other we'll animal you yeah. know you, you're right they have to sign them you're right they have to develop them you're right they have to you know make an impact up here i'm not convinced that really any of them are going to contribute anytime soon besides Henry Davis. Right. But even he is probably two, three years away. Right. So it, it's worth getting excited about. It's not worth losing your mind about, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and say that they revolutionized the system in, in one draft. I, I just don't think so. I think if he didn't lay the foundation that he did with the trades last year, um, I don't think it looks as sweet as it does right now. To be honest, right. I, I think a lot of people would be pretty upset we didn't get anybody that was going to help anytime soon. 
You know, I think, I think a lot of the moves that he made kind of laid the foundation for being able to do this. So the draft to me, I'm done with it till they start signing people and I start hearing where they place them. I'm good. I like what they did. I'm happy about it. Cool. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to start talking about a little bit more about the second half and what we can look for. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped. The scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, everybody, and we are back. Um, what is a podcast after all if we don't give you some predictions to hold us over the fire with, right? So we have to talk a little bit about what's going to happen in the second half and, and and what we can expect. And I, I guess, you know, we're at, the, at our core, we're Pirates fans, so I should probably be predicting the sky is going to fall and a giant chasm is going to open in center field and just swallow Brian Reynolds whole and – you know, who, who knows what else terrible can happen this year. But I mean, besides like the obvious, like, Oh, Adam Frazier's going to get traded or whatever. Let's talk more about like how many people are going to get traded. What kind of things are we actually anticipating happening? Who do you see coming up? What, what types of things are you looking for most this half, half of the season? Not necessarily what you want to see, what you think you'll see. Graves, let's go ahead and start with you. Well, I think, I, I really honestly believe as far as trades go, I don't believe we're going to see very many, um, you know, anywhere between, you know, one to three is, is, is my prediction. Um, you know, there, there's some talk now about uh, Tyler Anderson going to the Mets, you know, that that's uh, something that could happen. Adam yeah. Frazier's out there, Rich Rodriguez. Um, th- those are the three that I'm really looking at you know, as far as on the current 40 man roster that are, that are going to be moved. Um, and I, I don't, I don't see there just being a lot of movement because there's nobody really ready to come up and, and replace them. So right. um, it's going to be interesting um, to see what Ben does and, and his staff decides to do. Um, but I, I'm really not expecting a, a whole lot of movement. I mean, from the major league roster, I, I, I think, you know, you have the watches, you have Frazier, you got maybe Chad Cole, but I, I can't see a contender being like, oh, yeah, I got to have Chad Cole on my team. I mean, like, I really need somebody that's going to come in every fifth day and walk a couple guys and lose his mind. I can't see that. I really can't. And I can't see anybody sticking well, him in the back. Well, I will say, I will say the only thing that, the only thing that gives me with Chad Cole as a possibility as a team that's always shown interest in him, the Braves uh, possibly have become quote unquote buyers at this point in time. You think? So, yeah. Well, after I mean, the Acuna injury. Well, they, they got, they just got, uh, they just got Jock Peterson. Um, so I, <laughs> for me, 
I see them as seeing what happens here. And for some reason, they've always had the they've had like a very strange obsession with Chad cool. And I can see it as far as the, um, I guess it would be the, the potential or, or if he's pitching well, what they would get from him. But yeah, so that's the only, that's the only way I would say that. And that's just like, kind of like half sarcastic and half joking to a degree, but I think Graves nailed it. I, she said one to three, if I was Vegas and I was setting those odds, yeah. I would set them at 2.5 and let people decide whether it's going to be, you know, two or three. Do you know what I mean? And I and do. fight over that. I do. And this isn't a Braves show, but I, I want to argue about something. So let's argue about the Braves real quick. Because, okay. <laughs> well, because Jock Peterson, okay, he's their replacement for Marcelo Zuna. Yes. He's not their replacement for Acuna. And, and he's signed through next year. So he's an answer for them next year when they hope. Soroka and Acuna are okay, right? I don't necessarily see them as buyers this year. I I I don't think they're that stupid. But hey, now I could be wrong. I maybe maybe Peterson will go down there and start hitting like Acuna in, in the launching pad. But I don't know. They're hoping they're hoping it. for for Kyle Schwarber esque uh, production as as to maybe what they should have gone he, and got Kyle Schwarber to- then. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. I've been, I mean, Jock, he, he's been known to get on his streaks and he wasn't playing well. And I maybe if he gets in there, I, I think they're at least testing the waters this year. I don't think that they're absolute buyers. I, I think that it's if if they can stay um, competitive, just because I don't really see a team within that division that is going to run away with it. No, they all stink. You're right. Yeah. Even the Mets. Yeah. Yeah. The, now back to the pirates. Cause that's what people really care about. Right. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're definitely the, the better of those teams. Right. But the, uh, I mean, at least when they play head to head in PNC, they, they were. Yeah. The, the pirates though, I don't, I, again, I don't see a whole lot of movement from the major league team. I think they might make some minor league deals though. I really do. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think they have some, some players that they're not using down there that they might, send out for next to nothing. I actually regret the fact that major league baseball has, has taken away the ability to trade for like international pool space right now, because I I think they could probably swing an awful lot of deals to help out that 40 man problem. And, and I don't see you getting anything that you'll want back. I think you're going to get maybe some cash consideration type deals, which, you know, always make the pirates look bad. (laughs) even though they make total sense if you're really just trying to eliminate space. Right. But what, besides trades, what, what else are we looking forward to next year? I mean, Craig, anything that any, or the rest of the year, not next year, I'm already like looking forward. <laughs> You've the already rest, bypassed. Yeah. That. I'm like, oh, let's get past this one and move on to the next one. Right. But like <laughs> the end, the end of the year here, what else do you see besides trades here? What are you looking for? Um, I'm looking for, an evaluation of and hopefully a reset for for JT Brubaker to what he was um, at the beginning of the year. He had a pretty tough uh, last few outings, but he hasn't actually looked a ton different than he had previously. I I feel like that there may be some minor adjustments, uh, but for the most part, it kind of feels, I don't know, almost – maybe teams are figuring well, like, him out a little let's, bit. Let's I, I, talk about Brubaker be? a little bit though. I mean, and we'll, we'll throw this to Graves because I think you and I both chat about Brubaker a lot and I'm right with you on that. I'd love yeah. to see him come back, but Graves, I've always kind of come to the belief that when a pitcher comes up and they start throwing in the strike zone right away, it almost takes batters aback. They're like, wait a minute, what's going on? This guy's up to, up 0-2 on me. He he threw two balls over the plate. Now they they know he's scouted. They're ready to swing. Right. Nobody's getting deep on Brubaker anymore because they they're they're up there ready to hack right away. I mean, what are you seeing with him? Yeah, I I absolutely agree. I mean, the 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 batters have have they've made adjustments. They're they're ready to swing, and uh, so now it, it's going to be up to JT to to. Um, 
make some adjustments right back and, and be able to um, to be dominant like he was uh, earlier in the season. And uh, I mean, that's kind of the, the name of the game. You know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, they're going to catch up to you and they're going to, you know, be able to pound you into the ground. So you've got to be able to make adjustments. And and that's all part of the growing and maturing as as a pitcher, as a player. You you, uh, you can't, uh, you know, uh, going back to the, one of the first things I ever said on, on the podcast many months ago is, you know, the, the competition didn't end. It's spring training and and whether you make it to the major leagues or you know you've been in the major leagues for five years you're always having to learn and develop and, and continue continue that process so i i still have a lot of faith in jt brubaker um i really like his demeanor on the mound um he has that you know that same fight that i talked about with henry davis and and uh i look for him to have a strong second half i think he gets the start on sunday and uh, against Degrom, and and I'm excited to, to see that matchup to see what that's gonna gonna look like uh, facing uh, a top pitcher like uh, Degrom. I gotta say, Graves is really becoming a podcasting expert because that segue was absolutely spot on. My next point for what I'm looking for in the next half is who the competition is over for, and I would say Kai Tom is my number one guy that I don't want to see compete anymore. I want to be done with him. I do. And I'm ready to, to call it quits on Eric Gonzalez too. I want Rodolfo Castro to fill that role. I'm done. I don't need to see him anymore. I don't. Craig, what about you? Anybody you're just flat out done with? Um, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty much, it, it's Tom. It's, I mean, is, is Fowler still down at AAA? Like, can we, can we ship him out at some point? I, and you know, I, I am absolutely, I, I'm done with Cole Tucker, man. I, yeah. I'm, I'm at, I, I know Graves is too. I, 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 Sorry, just can't Scott. Make, I can't, I can't make excuses for him anymore. Yes. Um, when people said, well, he needs these at bats, he needs that, he needs individual, he got individualized, you know, help from John Nunnally down in Florida. He's been with the, he's been with the Indians with John Nunnally, who's, you know, this hitting guru, which I, I love John Nunnally, but he can't put any of the stuff that he learns into practice and on, and honestly automatically falls back into there. And yeah, as you saw, I think, I think Graves actually even commented when, when, when I had written the article on, on Cole Tucker for our site, Gary, she was just like, I didn't realize the number. I knew the numbers weren't great for defense for Cole Tucker, but she goes, I didn't realize they were that bad. Right. I think it was either Graves or Jim or, or maybe I think it was, I think it was yeah. Scott. Yeah. Or Scott or somebody, it was somebody in that conversation. Our buddy, said, Scott Nelson, he, he decided that's who it was. I knew it was somebody. Cause that's, he decided well, he was going to go on a campaign to yeah. save Cole Tucker and, you know, all yeah. of us have been dumping <laughs> yeah. on yeah. him for a week. I knew now, it was somebody <laughs> that was in that thread. I couldn't remember who was in that thread, but it was just like, man, it just it just isn't coming together for him. And at this point in time, uh, with what you wrote about Gary, with like the forty man and stuff, like I just don't know how you can justify him being on the forty man another year. Yeah, right. If he figures it out someplace else, I, I good for him. Like I, I don't, I like the guy. That, oh, that would be guy, great, yeah. but I just don't. I just don't know if he's going to figure it out here. Well, let's talk about another prospect then that that we've started to see a little bit from, and and I'd really like to kind of use the second half of this year to make some decisions on, and that would be Jared Oliva. I mean, what what have you seen from him? I like the kid in general. I'm not sure I've seen enough in in the majors or even AAA really to justify saying going into 2022 that I can say, yes, Jared, all of us should be penciled in. He's one of the four. I mean, Graves, where are you at on him? Yeah, it, uh, you know, and, and he's definitely one guy I can point to it at injuries. He missed so much of this, of this season um, uh, with, with his injuries. And, and uh, I'm, uh, I like the young man as well. I think he, he is talented, but I definitely need to see more. It, it's too early to make any type of decision on him. Um, going into next year. Um, I would like him to, you know, get some more regular playing time. Let's see what he can do. Um, 
here in in the you know the last the last few months of the season, and it, you know and maybe make make a decision then because uh, you know going back to Cole Tucker, he spent time in Florida. So did Jared Oliva. You know. Yeah. Right. And we've not really seen anything from either one of them yet. So Very that uh, that makes me kind of question. You know. Uh, you know, is are they uh, are they going to be both on the outs with the organization, just like uh, Will Craig and and Kevin Kramer? All right. So, Craig, you know, earmuffs for your kid if he listens to the podcast, you know, because I know it's a yeah. player. But, you know, I I think I think, you know, the same thing. Jared Oliver hasn't really shown anything. But then again, if you're only going to play him once or twice a week, what are you going to see? I, I, think... I take full advantage of Polanco being out. And mm-hmm. speaking of Polanco, does Polanco ever come back? Let's be honest. Should he? No. The hip inflammation. Here's my thing is, is he's just a watch at this point in time. I mean, I love the guy's energy, uh, especially in spring training, the interviews with him, like, and like I said before, I think maybe one of the last times I was on here, or maybe I was just talking to you, Gary on the phone. I don't even remember. <laughs> it was basically when he came out and, and he hugged, uh, you know, Will Craig after he hit a home run, yeah. I do love the guy's energy, but I just, I, I feel like he's gotten to the point right now that his body is just just letting him down and i just think that you know there's no arm there anymore i agree the way that the way that he swings he swings so loopy but also like he swings hard so violent is the twisting the you know i just think that at this point in time i don't know if we'll see him again and and to go back to all of i i think that one of the the biggest things that hurt him was was this layoff was last year um he turned the corner in in double a back in 2019 probably around like june 1st and just hit fire and then he went out to the arizona fall league and you know stayed on fire and then when when 2020 when you when you didn't have um the minor league season to get those regular bats and to get you know just different looks and different at bats and they said they didn't have enough guys to have the alt site to run you know, full games and they had coaches out and out, you know, there was just all kinds of crazy stuff going on. And then especially with what Graves said, I mean, the, the injury that he suffered, you know, right after going down to Florida and then having to sit out, I mean, that might just be maybe, maybe even not the end, but maybe his, his time on the 40 man for right now. Cause I couldn't right. see too many teams, Unfortunately, I mean, I, I love the kid. I love his heart. Uh, I love how he plays the game. I just think he's a, he's a good ball player. But I wouldn't see too many teams if he was happened to be DFA'd that would take, you know, too much of a shot on him. I mean, surprisingly, like, you know, like a Wilmer Defoe went through DFA and, and made it through waivers the first time. And I thought maybe I, I was almost guaranteed that somebody was going to scoop him up with yeah. his pinch hitting ability and, and with his – you know, flexibility to play a bunch of different positions and stuff. So I couldn't see them trying to pick up, you know, all of them. He may just need to, I don't know, just marinate, hopefully get a full year of AAA next year or something. And I don't know. The I, thing I really is, don't he's know. getting a little, I mean, much like Cole Tucker, getting a little long in the tooth. Yeah. And, you know, you're you're getting into Bly Madras territory and, and Chris Sharp territory and um you got cal mitchell coming up you know smith and jigba coming up you got you know masia like they just pulled up for like out of nowhere from single a which and does anybody understand that i mean we've watched uh we've watched uh some players like mason martin just crushing the ball and yeah his walk rate's not great right now but i mean he's crushing the ball and he's still in double a but we we pulled an outfielder up from single a and granted he's hitting i i have no complaints they saw something but what what are they actually doing there and i i think that's what we're going to talk about a little bit more in the next segment we're going to start talking about has the development already shown signs of improving can we actually say that already let's take a quick break
are back and you know as the show continues to develop so do the pirates we have to figure out whether ben charrington has actually changed this development system enough to impact the team and it's really awesome to see all the prospects come in but as everybody reminds every optimist well they have to develop them and this team can't develop right which you know i think is an unfair statement because they've changed everything with the development system so i at least need to see that and i already feel like i'm starting to see some signs that they are i'm seeing things that they've said they're targeting actually start to to bear fruit I'm seeing some other instances where it's not so much like Mason Martin. They wanted him to take more walks, strike out less. I'm seeing a few more home runs and he's still got a walk and K ratio way out of whack, but I'm seeing Rodolfo Castro who they wanted to take more professional at bats, come up to the majors, start taking some walks, taking some good swings on balls, and from both sides of the plate, which he hadn't done. And Craig, you were the one that pointed out to me that, that Rodolfo Castro, one of his problems was in-game switching from side to side. So yeah. I'm not seeing that right now, at mm-hmm. least in the majors. And I didn't see it at double A either. I, I saw a guy who's handling the bat pretty consistently from both sides of the plate. And he looks like he can handle defensively a lot of different positions. I call that development. Now, what say you guys? Because I don't think we've seen a ton of evidence yet. We just discussed how, you know, Jared Oliver and Cole Tucker certainly didn't benefit. So kind of a mixed bag so far, right? I mean, Graves, let's start with you. What are you seeing on the development front? Well, it, um, I, I remind everybody that it's a slow process. And I think we are seeing some signs of development and, and, and also in, in how we're, we're going about it. You know, we, we have the, the lab work and, and, um, and we have, you know, sending the players down to Florida for the, you know, to do, get some extra development one-on-one. Um, those are all new things that, that you know, Ben has kind of uh, initiated and got rolling. Um, I mean, uh, different camera work and, you know, bo- looking at bullpen sessions. And I mean, I could go on and on. So I think, even if we can't look at every player and say, oh, well, he's, he's doing this, he's, do, you know, and, and he's improving, we can look at the overall process. And I think the overall process will lead us to see that there is development going on and it is positive development. And we are, and we are seeing it with players like, like Castro, um, coming up here I think he looks very confident at the plate and and has a good approach and and he's he he doesn't seem to be intimidated by by the situation um you know taking right. a big jump from from double a to, to major league baseball I mean that could uh really shock some people and I think you think he's handled it very well well you know where I'm at on some of the development like I feel like the stars are where your development needs to shine the most right so Right now, and, and Craig, I'll go back to you on this one after I make a couple points here. I think we've seen Cabrian Hayes kind of take a little bit of a step back, right? And this is after, you know, Nunnally worked with him last year to, to kind of fine-tune his swing a little bit. I think the league has pushed back a little bit. He's fighting through it. I do see him continuing to, to put good swings on balls, but he's also, you can tell, getting taken inside a little bit and just doesn't quite know how to handle it. Right. So that's part of development is, is learning how to adjust to the league. Right. But then you have a pitcher like, like Mitch Keller. Yeah. All the talent in the world, I guess you can call him a head case. I, I think that's maybe a little lazy. I think there's no movement on his fastball. That's coaching. That's development. If he goes down and Hanrahan fixes him, what does that say about Marin and Hanrahan? Does it, do we give Marin credit for Hanrahan executing his plan or do we give Hanrahan credit for coaching up a player or is it both? Is it a team effort, Craig? Well, I think with that one, which, cause Keller's one of the guys that I had pulled up here. Cause you know, we were talking about development before this and with, with Keller, 
everybody gives, you know, Ray Searage and Uncle Ray a, a bunch of crap about stuff. <laughs> but pretty much I look across the board in 2019 when, when Keller came up. Yeah, there was, you know, that crazy ERA to, to you know, FIP and everybody's saying, well, it shouldn't have been as bad as it was. But what I looked at was his K rate sitting above 12, his walk rate sitting right around three, which is pretty much where it sits all the time. And then, you know, over the past two years where they were saying, you know, well, he needs to, his fastball plays more up in the zone. This is where it needs to play. And this is how he needs to throw it. And he needs to attack batters more. And both times I see the K rates drop and the, the walk rates absolutely balloon. So I don't know if that's coaching. I don't know if that's confidence. I, I don't know what it is. I mean, for I mean, one thing, if you're, if you're telling a guy that he has to throw his fastball high to get strikes, right? Okay. Well, it's a completely different plane as a hitter. One's coming in high. One's coming in low. You spit on everything low and let him walk you. And you, and you swing out of your shoes on everything up. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a fastball, right? Well, that's why I was worried about him going back to AAA because yeah, his numbers are going to be fine. I keep seeing these reports. Oh, he's fine. He's fine. He's doing pretty good. He's showing improvement. He is showing improvement, but if you actually watch him and I, I was lucky enough to actually watch a couple of his games, the last two, I'm seeing him look like exactly the same pitcher. I really am. I, I'm seeing him getting swinging strikeouts on on a curveball or a slider, whatever he's calling it, because you can't really tell. It's more of a slurve. And it drops six inches in front of the plate. The guy swings out of his shoes and misses it. That's not going to happen in the majors. He's going to walk that guy in the majors. That's To me, that that's what's scary about having him down in AAA is I'm not sure he's actually learning. And if he's going to come back up here and do that again, I'm going to have some questions about the development tactics, right? I mean, how many times do you keep telling him to do something without realizing that with his arm action, he has got to have some movement on that fastball. You cannot throw that thing in there straight. I don't care if it's at your eyes, your ears, your feet, they're going to hit it. These are professional hitters, right? So that's a development failure to me if they don't make Mitch Keller into something. And it's the only player that I think Bob Nutting has been on record as saying he didn't, he, that he felt was important. <laughs> and, I, and I say that because he doesn't often talk about baseball, but yeah. he specifically said he didn't ever want to see another Tyler Glass now. That's yeah. what Mitch Keller is. So if they don't make something of Mitch Keller, I'm sorry, right. that's a failure. Somebody's got to go, Right. If we're going to get back to accountability, we're not going to sit here and, and stew on it for six years and, and keep pounding our heads against the wall. We're going to call it quits when, when we see failures. They should be somebody held accountable if they don't manage to turn Mitch Keller around, right? Well, I, I think that, I mean, the crazy part for me thinking about all of this is, you know, we're talking about Hanrahan, who's moved up through the system extremely fast. He's gone pretty much as, as followed a, a route of promotion that w- would be like he, every single year he's gone up one level. And I think that, you know, I, I think Oscar Marine's job may be on the line. And then, I mean, Gary, you had written before about Eckstein because with Eckstein, is there any player like that I can see now that those, those improvements have come, you know, through him, like Brian Reynolds always has. Uh, Kevin, you know, uh, was Adam Frazier's become more consistent, but he's become he's mature. Pretty much, he's mature. yeah. What's <laughs> he's mature, yeah? So, so there's really no difference there. And then the credit for Kebrian Hayes ha- has gone to John Nunnally and 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 Kebrian Hayes. Like those are the two yeah, guys right. that 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 have have done the most there. So, I mean, that's where I mean, I could see at some point in time they might just say. Hey, these guys in AAA are doing a pretty good job. Yeah. Well, I don't want we, I don't want Graves to have an aneurysm here because I know that she is very firm that like the plans are coming from from the top level. So I want to give her an opportunity to say why Eckstein and Marine aren't on the hot seat. 
And I think you're the best person to speak to that because I'm certainly not going to defend either of them right now. <laughs> well, to me, it's still it's still too early. The same the same with Derek, Derek Shelton. I'm I'm not going to start really judging him or or saying that hey, it, you know he needs to be fired. I don't think anybody deserves to be on the hot seat right now. Let's get through this season. Let's get hopefully through this COVID thing. And well, we're not in New York, so next we're okay. season in 2022, we are. You're right. You're right. So, but uh, I, I'm really hoping that you know next year we're going to start seeing the the steps and the pro and the progress that that we're wanting to see. Um, and I. I, I mean, I know, I know we can, uh, you know, Brian Reynolds really well, Kevin Newman's taking a step back, but my focus isn't really at the major league level right now. I'm, I'm looking down further down in the organization and everything that goes on there is coming from Marine or Rick, or Rick Eckstein. So they're part of the process. I think part of it is, the talent, you know, we've yeah. got some really talented young men down there in the low minors. And, and I think that that's good. That's going to make the difference. So I'm not ready to judge. I'm not ready to put anybody on the stake and let's just uh, sit back and, and enjoy some baseball and, and we'll see some, uh, some real progress next year. Right. Well, if we're going to go down the line, I, I'm just going to say it right now because <laughs> a lot of people, a lot of people do, um, unfortunately, and I know Graves and I know Gary do not do this. I, I know that you guys, you know, actually look beyond, you know, those, those 20 second highlights that you see from, you know, the grasshoppers, the curve. I mean, we all love those. We all follow those. We all do whatever. Most people would probably think at this point in time that Nick Gonzalez is doing awesome that he is doing great. Cause it's like who he came back and he hit a home run. He came back and he look at him, how hard he hit the ball, but then you don't see him for a while. And it's like, so well, he's, why not, you see- he's not hashtag. You're ready. No, he is. He is hashtag paying 34.1% of the time. He has a WR three, which is below. He's hitting 214. And I know that there was an injury in there, and I know right. that that is is a partial piece of that setback. But I mean, I'm not going to say this just because I'm on, you know, a DK <laughs> sports podcast. I remember Dayon saying back in spring training, even when Gonzalez was taking batting practice, man, he's missing a lot of these balls. Yeah, right. He, he just doesn't seem to have his timing down. Like, what's going on? And I remember him saying that, and I remember him writing about that. So there's one of the first ones right there for, um, for Ben Sherrington and for, and for, like, this whole regime to kind of almost be judged on to a degree is, I mean, everybody's talking about Henry Davis right now and how he's going to progress. I mean, that was his first first-round pick, you know, so – uh, you don't want to see those types of conversations being had about, you know, about a Nick Gonzalez. I mean, we're talking about Mason Martin struggling. We talk about Mitch Keller struggling. We talk about all these other ones that were so integrated to a degree into the, the, the old way and the old thing, things that are happening. Um, he's the first one that you could, you would point to um, that was, Hey, this was our selection. This is our, you know, responsibility from the the word go. And he was the alt site last year. Yeah. And so let's, it's like, let's be honest too. He's supposed to be the star, right? Yeah. I mean, and you know, Leovar Pagrero is another one. You know, he's batting uh-huh. two twenty, right? You know, that these guys have very high ceilings. And what do you always tell me, Craig? You you pay a lot more attention to the to their their floors than you do their ceilings because the floors are, are going to be much more achievable nine times out of 10. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, I, that doesn't mean that you can't shoot for the stars. It just means that maybe you don't expect the stars. And with Nick Gonzalez, it's really hard for me to do too much there. I, the injury, the, 
having, you know, coming off of really not playing for over a year, it's hard for me to completely judge him right now and say, oh, this is a devastation of the development system or whatever. But, you know, let's be honest. He's lost his opportunity to get bumped up to double A this year. That's not going to happen. And, and I knew that as soon as he got injured, despite being yelled at on Twitter mm-hmm. that I was crazy. But he's not going to get bumped up this year, and, and he shouldn't, right? So, I mean, he's not going to start for this team in 2022. He's not going to be a locked-on starter in 2023. I, I think, if anything, you can, you can take from this year – they have a ton of awesome prospects with an awful lot of potential. But every time you scratch in a lineup for a couple years down the road, at least practice a little bit of caution. At least understand there's a few players you're not thinking about. At least realize there's a guy like Rodolfo Castro that maybe sneaks into the conversation and isn't going to give up his position all that easily. You know, they're they're you're gonna run into guys on the way, and and yeah. development comes in different stages for everybody. Maybe this Masius guy they put, I literally had only heard of him. I hadn't even been paying any attention to him. There he is, up in up in AAA, and like it's crazy the way that they promoted him. So there, there's a lot of of guys like that, like Matthew Frazier. We've been watching from Single A for how long? How has he not been promoted? Well, you have to think there must be something there that they're seeing that isn't going to fly at the next level or they they think is going to get exposed at the next level. But, you know, development what are you talking about, Gary? I thought, I thought that Ben Sherrington was going to fly everybody through the system. Boom, boom, boom. That's what he does. Well, see, that's what I heard. Just, that's what, that's I, what heard. I heard from him. <laughs> that's what I heard. But, I, see, I'm yet to see it in at least applied. Um, yes. At least applied specifically. I'm not seeing it like uh, as an across the board thing. I'm I'm seeing it targeted here and there. Like Rodolfo Castro can skip a, an entire, you know, league. But Mason Martin has to stay in double A. You know, now to be honest, you know, we talk about the K rate and everything. I don't think Mason Martin's going to learn anything else in double A. I don't. I don't think, I don't think if you sit there and wait for that, K rate to fix itself that it's ever going to happen. You may have to realize that's something that he's always going to struggle with. And maybe those 30 home runs that he could hit in the majors are worth it. There's a place for that too. I I've met Joey Gallo. Have you, you know, like you need players <laughs> like that, right? You need Rob Deers. You, you need people that can hit a lot of home runs in the middle of this lineup. So maybe move him up to triple a, maybe hope that the walks kind of die down as the pitching gets better in a way, because you know, the, the pitchers are forced to go into the zone a little bit more. Maybe his impatience will play a little bit better as he gets a little bit further along. The pitching gets more consistent. The eye gets more consistent. That happens for a lot of guys as they, as they move up, you know, Kyle Schwarber was a strikeout master when he started, he, he struck out, at least two out of every three times he came up and then he started making contact as I got better throughout the years. You know, now he's a 10 year vet bombing home runs like every day. I, I, I think they, they maybe need to be a little less patient with somebody like him or Cal Mitchell move them up because we need some of those prospects to start getting closer. Any thoughts on that? Nope. <laughs> I think I, did you, if you threw if you threw it to me, I'm 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 here. I was uh, I uh, I was a little bit the connection was a little lagging. Um, I if I'm serious, I think one reason why he had, um was uh, just because of injuries there at AAA and others being promoted and, and everything else. So um, I I uh, I think that's pretty cool that he that he jumped two levels. But I also remember Connor Cox started at AAA at the beginning of the season. So I'm not, and I'm not sure where he's at right now. So I don't get too necessarily worried or worked up or uh, or have put too much thought into that. But uh, but yeah, um, I would love to see Mason Martin moved up. Let's see, uh, you know, kind of 
give him a different uh, uh, pictures to look at and, 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 and move him up, give him some confidence and, and, and see, see where it takes us because you call him up doesn't mean he has to stay. So I, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to the second half and, and, and seeing where the, where the team takes us. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense to call him up uh, soon if for nothing else that you have to make the 40 man decision at the end of the year. I'd, I'd rather know that, <laughs> that I want to protect him and, and have him a step away from major league baseball yeah. than two levels away. And now I have to protect him. So well, that's what I was going to say. It's, it's, I think it's Gary. That's exactly what I, I mean, you took the words right out of my mouth, brother. It's like he was at Greensboro. He's 23 and he's, he's rule five eligible and, 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 you know, coming up here in December, would it really show you in double a what he could do? Why not bring him up to triple a and, and especially with, you know, I mean, that might've been Cruz's move up there, but he's injured. Um, right. You probably already know what you're doing. I, th- I think I think Smith and Jigba's up in 2021 this year. I'd have to look at my spreadsheet, but I, I, I believe he is. Yep. You probably already know you're keeping him and can move him along at whatever pace. So it could have been like, hey, here's the opportunity to see whether or not this kid can fly, which is what we've kind of talked about with you know Max Kranich and Rodolfo Castro getting some time at the major leagues, whether it's you know an extended look or just even these little cups of coffee to say, Hey, are these guys, did we make the right decision? Because when, when Charrington came in, uh, you know, right away, he had to make those decisions and he protected Will Craig, right. who is now in Asia, you know, he, there are certain decisions that it's like, okay, did I make the right call? We need to see because of all the other decisions we have to make. And, and otherwise, maybe they saw something in him because, I mean, he, he was tearing the cover off the ball in Greensboro, which is something he really hadn't done since – I mean, he played okay back in, uh, back in 2019. I mean, he wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. But it wasn't something we had seen since, like, 2018. When yeah, he had so to repeat he's, it. he's moved along and I think he's he's come full circle he's at least back to where he was let's let's keep it moving right I mean I mean speaking of keep it moving boy I've kept you guys a long time tonight <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's time to go ahead and call it a show but really really great conversation as always and I'd like to thank both of my guests first we'll start with Graves how do people get a hold of you if they'd like to talk Thanks, Gary. Hey, this is Voice from the Graves. You can follow me on Twitter at KG underscore 55 VFTG and so bucks. All right. And my big back, Craig, how you doing, buddy? How do people get a hold of you? Um, inside the Bucks basement, read mine and Gary's stuff. Uh, at Bucks basement on Twitter, uh, Bucks in the basement comes out on any podcast format uh every tuesday morning and uh if you want to find me on facebook actually probably don't because i won't go on there because i it's accessible (laughs) i spend too much time on facebook because i still feel obligated to answer people's questions so um you can just look up my name gary morgan on facebook if you want uh twitter gary mo2007 um, this podcast comes out every Saturday night for now, although I've been told we may be going through a schedule change at some point here, you know, not to break news on DK, let him do that, but <laughs> we're going to be moving some things around and, uh, obviously my work over at inside the Bucks space and check that out too. Hit me up anytime. Love to talk baseball all the time.